Welcome to the Financial Feast Podcast. I'm Kevin. And I am Zach. And today we're going to be talking about five ways your food costs can impact your financial independence. Welcome back, everybody. So typically, we would start with a food topic, a little question, a small, fun little antidote. But since today's topic is literally all about food. Uh, The best topic. I thought we would just skip that and just jump right into the topic because we're going to be talking about food the whole time. So this is going to be fun. Yeah, It's going to be exciting. We love food. So previously, I think it was episode number 20. We discussed, and we we discussed it a couple of times now, a little bit of topics about financial independence. So what we've been doing is we've been giving some insight into what financial independence is. We've talked about investing in low cost index funds as part of a financial independence. We've talked about different things with housing as far as financial independence. What we're going to be talking about today is a lot of people in their pursuit of financial independence cut out major things. So they cut out, they get smaller housing, right? They cut out maybe vacations. They're throwing a ton of money into savings. They do all these things that are kind of common sense maybe Mm -hmm. when it comes to pursuing financial independence. But what a lot of people don't think about, which is a big deal, is how much money we spend on food. Yes. And it's it's more than you think. It is. Yeah. Significantly more. Yeah. According actually to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the average cost of monthly food, now this counts groceries and eating out, Mm -hmm. right? In May of 2023, for all those in between the ages of 19 to 71 is $350 a person. Yeah. And and when you're thinking about it, right, you're like, oh, $350 a month. That's not terrible. That doesn't seem like a lot of money, right? But remember, that's per person. Mm -hmm. And if we work that out into most people aren't living by themselves, right, in that category. So let's just multiply that out then. $350 a person for a family of two, 700 bucks a month in food. And and remember, like you said, that's groceries and that's eating out. So we're including both of them. For a family of three, 1,050 all the way up. Yeah. And the other thing too, to think about is that we've had inflation this year. Mm -hmm. So you might actually out there be thinking I'm spending more than 350 a person when I really sit down and do it. But this is once again, the average. So some might be higher or lower, but the general consensus believes that you should spend no more than 10 to 12% on a food budget each month. And we disagree. Yes. We do not (laughs) like that. 10 to 12% of your income is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. (laughs) Yes. So Let's break this down with some math, right? That's what we love to do. We're going to take a family of three, okay? $80,000 a year, average American annual income. So that's what we decided to use. So if a family of three brings home $80,000, $1,400 for food each month is 25% of your take-home pay. And for a family of four, it's almost 35%. Yeah, so that, that $1,700 that we're talking about, right, is is 35% of your take home pay if you're making 80 grand a year. If you're making 80 grand a year, which is pretty average, mm-hmm. and you're saying, "Hey, I can spend $350 a person every single month." That that's not that's not a ton, right? It's not that doesn't seem like a ton in in lieu of $80,000. But remember, we're talking about take home pay. You're not bringing home $80,000. You don't have 80 grand to spend because you still have to pay taxes on everything. Right. And then when you add up that amount, you could be paying upwards of 25 to 35% of your take-home pay if you're doing $350 a month per person. You could be spending 25 to 35% of your take-home pay every single month on just food. 
And Which is absurd. That, it is. It's absolutely absurd. And when we're talking about financial independence, this clearly impacts that. Yeah, for sure. So if if we're shooting back, let's let's just go on an average, right? I think that 10 to 12 percent is a is a decent thing for people to shoot for. Ideally, we'd like it a little bit less, but let's just go with that 10 to 12 percent. That's half to a third of what the average person might be spending on food every single month between eating out and, and taking home groceries. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty high. That's ridiculous. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about five different ways that you can work through your own budget and kind of figure out what works for you on ways that you can then save money. You can kind of work around things, organize your life a little bit better so you're not spending so much money on food. Because what does that do? When, what, what's really the issue? Is the issue that we're spending 25% on food because that's an issue in by itself? No. The mm-hmm. issue that, that comes up when you're spending that much money on your food is that it's limiting everything else that you have, right? You yeah. still have other expenses, right, Kevin? Absolutely. There's other things in your life that you need to spend money on. Yeah. And when you're spending this much on food, you're now limiting what kind of house you can live in, right? Yes. Because I can't afford to spend money on a mortgage because I'm spending this much on my food. I can't save into retirement because I'm spending this much in my food. I can't go on vacation because I'm spending this much in my food. And it really comes down ultimately to what do you prioritize? Yeah. If you prioritize food over everything else, then have at it, I guess. I mean, we do love food here, but we would not recommend that. We wouldn't because we also prioritize retirement and yes. vacation and living Emergency in nice Emergency funds. <laughs> yes, all of that. So... We're going to go through five different things here real quick to kind of help you understand how can I figure out how much I am spending on my on my food and then what ways can I help myself and my family spend a little bit less. Yeah. So with that, the first one, have a budget. We've talked about that a few times. We have. That's important. That's yes. a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Track what you're spending on food. Now, this doesn't have to be item by item, line by line, but ideally... You go to a grocery store, you get that receipt, or you can look at your bank statements, whatever you paid. If you use a debit card or credit card, look at the credit card statement. Track that number monthly because what will happen is as you're actively tracking that, you're going to become more aware. Mm -hmm. It's going to make you think twice about purchasing that thing because you're going to realize, oh, that'll put me over what I average spend and maybe you won't do it. On the other side of it, it'll also show you kind of the pattern of how much you do spend a month and where you're kind of comfortable at. And then it allows you to cut if you need to. Yeah. Yeah. Because really at the end of the day, if I don't have the information, I can't make a decision, right? Because it's going to be very difficult for me to understand that I'm spending too much on my groceries or my eating out if I don't have any clue what I'm spending on my groceries or eating out. Yeah. So the first step really is to know what you're spending. Yes. And it's it's not hard, like Kevin said. You can go online. If you're using a credit card, just go on your credit card services and just tr- print out, right, or put it into a, an Excel document or whatever you want to do and just kind of mark out the things that are food-related and figure out what you're spending and then just add it all up for the month. So that's number one, right? Yeah. Just have a budget, track what you're spending on food, all right? Because that that's going to be critical to the rest of these because I need to know how much I'm spending first. Yes, all. yes, absolutely. The step one, and these are pretty much in an order of importance as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So step one, have a budget, track what you're spending. Step two, plan your meal. Plan your meal. This could be a weekly plan, daily plan, three-day plan, monthly plan, whatever you find that works for you. Mm-hmm. Plan your meals, and that way you're able to go grocery shopping with a grocery list. Yeah. Yeah. I think 
This is something that my wife and I very easily know when we mess it up, right? Because if we don't have a plan um, about specifically what we want to go buy, I know when we leave that store after looking at how much we spent that we overspent on things because there's always something that I'm just going to go get or I walk down an aisle and I was like, hey, this would be cool. Yeah. And it wasn't on a list, but I, I just I wanted it. So the easiest way to really make sure that you're planning out your meals and you're not going to overspend is figure out what I want to eat that week, what ingredients do I need, write that on a piece of paper or on your phone, and then just stick to that list when you go grocery shopping. Yeah, and sticking to it is the important part. That really is. And the other thing to think about is cook for multiple nights and don't waste that food. So maybe using like a crock pot or something mm -hmm. and doing a big chili or a big dish that can have multiple servings. Yeah. And now you're able to kind of parcel that out for lunches maybe or other meals along the road and even repurposing those leftovers. Maybe you can use them to make another kind of meal because the key here is we don't want you to waste them. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, it's actually estimated that 30 to 40% of the U.S. food supply is wasted. Yeah, which is which is crazy. And it's not just wasted as in I forgot to eat it, mm -hmm. right? Or, or I made something and then I didn't eat the rest of it and we ended up throwing it away. It could be I bought strawberries or I bought raspberries yeah. because they're in season and they look fantastic. And we put them in the fridge and then we forgot about them. And yes. a week later, they're moldy. Yep. And like it might, they might have been on sale and it was a great deal. But if you didn't end up eating them, that's a complete waste of your money. Yeah. Right. So making sure you have a plan and figuring out, keeping a list, right, on of what's in your fridge and just marking it off yeah. or something so you don't just accidentally forget about something. And it seems like these are just common sense things. And they might be common sense things for a lot of people. But frankly, for a lot of people, they're not. And and I fall into that not category a lot of times where these make sense, but I don't make a list when I go grocery shopping. I don't make multiple days worth of food and, and we do one thing at a time and then we have four different meals of leftovers and yeah. then we don't eat the leftovers, yeah. right? So this is an issue that really everybody, I feel like struggles with to some level. So just getting these, let's be honest, right? These aren't like groundbreaking incredibly unique and, and awesome tips, right? But these are hopefully things that are, are kind of piquing your interest and making you think and saying, hey, you know what? I, I clearly spend too much on groceries. Mm -hmm. I clearly spend too much going out to eat, and we'll get to that later. What are some ways that I can shift that budget? Because there are things that are more important to me than eating. I do yeah. want to be able to save for retirement. Mm -hmm. I do want to go on vacation. I do want to be able to save a down payment to get another house, right? And me spending too much on food is limiting all of those options, and I want to change that. Well, how do I do that? Well, hopefully these small little things are, are helping you out. Yeah, absolutely. Number one, have a budget and track what you're spending on food. Yeah. Number two, plan your meals. Number three, shop on a budget. Shop on a budget. This is a big thing. And it, and it goes back to number number one, obviously, mm -hmm. because it's budget related. Um, but there, it goes a little bit more specific. So there's a great article that we're going to have in the under link down below, whatever you call it, description or whatever it is, that's from the fine years that I found. And they kind of talk through a little bit about what number you should plan on having your budgets for all of your meals. 
which is an interesting topic. And it's a cool, it's a cool article. I didn't want to research it too much on here or, or talk about it too much on here. So we're going to link that article and you can just read it yourself. But essentially what they do is they come up with numbers that are about $2 to 350 depending on the meal. So breakfast is a little cheaper, dinner's a little bit more. And they say that's a good number to shoot for for every single meal. So as you're going through number two, when you're planning out what you want to eat and you're figuring out what the ingredients are for those, if you're planning about $3.50 for person for the different meals that you want to eat for dinner and then a little bit less for lunch and breakfast, you're going to be significantly under what the average person is spending on their groceries. And that seems like it might be difficult, but it's really not. There's a lot of tools out there that help you kind of figure out how much things cost. There's a lot of places out there where you can mm -hmm. find recipes and it gives you cost for the ingredients. And, and you can really pretty simply kind of go through that. And once you get a, a list of things, once you kind of done the work ahead of time, yeah. you can then just refer back to those recipes that you've already worked on and then just keep buying the ingredients for those things and change it up a little bit when you feel like you're getting a little bit bored maybe. Yeah, absolutely. The thing to think about here especially is cost per meal, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a big family, you can still use that math to break it down even more for you yeah. and still remain under that budget. And, you know, 350 a person, I mean, you have a family of four, you know, you're looking at uh, close to $12, right? And you're able to, at that point, what can I feed my family for $12? There's just a lot you can feed your family for There $12. is. There is a lot. And and honestly, it, it might get a little bit more difficult if you're into some allergy issues, right? Mm -hmm. If you're gluten-free, dairy-free. My wife and I are both gluten-free and dairy-free in most of the stuff that we eat because she has an allergy to both of these. And it gets a little bit more tough, right? Let's be honest. It gets a little yeah. bit more tough. But there's a lot of ways that we can do this. One of the ways... Honestly, right now, as we speak, both of our wives yeah. are out shopping at the salvage yards, all right? And what is that? Well, that is, it's these places that are offering food at a discount for multiple reasons, whether it's expired, which a lot of stuff's not even expired, whether the cans are dented, right, they're damaged or whatever. They go down and they shop down there about once a month. And they come back with fantastic deals and get things at fractions of the cost Yeah. for, for gluten-free, dairy-free stuff, for example. And then we can go, you can, you can go to our next point. For example, one of the foods that we love is brownies because we're human beings and they're fantastic. <laughs> they are amazing. And um, there's a brownie mix that we love and it's gluten-free and it comes about $7 a box yeah, for brownies, which is absurd, but it's fantastic. So sometimes we spend it anyway. But when my wife goes down to the salvage yard, she just came back last month, last time she went down with five boxes and she got each of them for 99 cents and none of them were expired. Yeah. So she got five boxes of the brownies we like for less than we would spend one. Yeah. <laughs> and none of them were expired. <laughs> I know. And it's crazy, too, because a lot of it is just there was a dent in the packaging. And exactly. now they can't sell it at an upscale grocery store. But it's the same stuff. Exactly. And it's totally fine. So why not? Why not just yeah. get it at a cheaper rate? So, you know, we need to be smart with ingredients is another thing to think about. Mm -hmm. So buying in season, especially with fruits, vegetables, that kind of thing, Correct. they're a lot cheaper when they're in season and you're able to justify spending the money on it when it's cheaper, but also it kind of year round, you get new choices, which is kind of cool. Yeah. If you think about yeah, it, it changes up what you're eating. Yeah. And it can help you kind of with that year round budgeting, give you a little bit extra or a little bit something else to plan into that meal. Um, buying in bulk is another great thing. So mm -hmm. Zach kind of just mentioned buying in bulk. Five boxes of brownie mix is kind of bulk, right? 
Yeah, it was unexpected book, but yes, it was bulk. <laughs> but uh, you actually have the ultimate Costco meal plan, bulk food plan, right? So yeah. what does that even entail? What does that look like? Yeah, so what that is, it's, it's once again, it's a reference to a, 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 a source that we love, um, Choose FI, which we've already mentioned on the podcast. Um, and they've done this ultimate Costco meal plan, which we can link down below. And what it is, is it's just helping you understand what things cost as opposed to getting them individualized in one store and getting them in bulk in another store. So that's I mean, Costco and Sam's Club and BJ's and whatever else other stores offer these bulk things are are around because they they offer good deals, frankly, and people go to them because you can get good deals. A lot of that, though, comes down to good planning. Yes. And if you don't plan well and you go to these stores, you're going to be buying too much. So you you still need to have a good plan, but you can really benefit yourself a lot depending on what you're buying with these bulk stores, if you're getting a good deal and buying it smartly and getting good timing. So we're going to link that below and you can see that as well. Yeah. And then also try and be efficient with shopping. If you can shop in the same area at multiple stores or even just at one store, it's so much more efficient for you. Yeah. You also won't be tempted to go out and buy with each store you go to, you're going to be tempted to buy a little bit extra at each one. So sticking to that list and going to one will help you. Um, stretch your meals out. We kind of mentioned that with the leftovers a little bit, but also trying to make more out of less is always a good thing. Yeah. And then a lot of places will still do coupons or loyalty rewards. They they can increase your savings if you go there. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different places that offer that, especially the bulk stores. They yeah. really like to do the loyalty stuff. So yeah. definitely check that out because that's something that if you're already going there, why why not check that out and get to take advantage of it? Yeah, for sure. So that brings us to point number four, which is the sticking point for a lot of American people, which is going out to eat. Yeah, this is this is a big deal. I remember growing up, um, we went out to eat at least once a week, <laughs> at least. <laughs> and when we got married, my, my darling wife and I, we didn't have the money to afford going out to eat once a week. And I, that was just the lifestyle that I was accustomed to, right? So it was it was a change. And and we've now started going out to eat more often because we have a little bit more funds. Um, but a lot of people go out to eat far too often. Um, going back to the previous point on spending a certain amount per meal, right? You did quick math and you said if we're spending $3.50 for our family of four, we're going to be under $15, right? For yeah. a family of four 14. eating at home for three fifty, right? If we go out to eat... <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be happy if we get one meal, depending on where we go, for 10 to $12, right, per yeah. person, depending on where you're going. So you can just see automatically, right? It, it costs more to go out to eat. And there's benefits, right? It could be easier. You could have a super long week. You could be going out to celebrate something, and it's just special. I mean, there's reasons to go out to eat. But it costs a lot more. And limiting how much you go out to eat is just common sense. It's going to save you money. Yes, yes. And... Uh, there's a few other tips that we kind of came up with uh, about going out to eat. Maybe try and go out to eat for lunch instead of dinner. Yeah. Reason for that is that there's a lot of deals that happen, whether in a restaurant they could have like a happy hour kind of thing or something like a lunch menu, which is usually generally cheaper than yeah. a dinner menu. Um, also, don't eat out at restaurants where you need to leave a tip. So if you're trying to go somewhere to go out to eat and you're trying to save a little bit of cash, maybe go to like a Chipotle 
or Panera Bread or something like that where you, it's not re- recommended even to leave a tip. Yeah, and we're not, just just as a qualifier, we're not saying tips are bad, right? Yeah, we're not. If you go to a place, make sure you're tipping yes. and tip at a good percentage. Yes. Right? But if you want to save a little bit of money, just a simple way to do that because you're automatically saving 10 to 20% off that tip is to go to a place where you don't need to tip. Yes. That's just going to save you a little bit of money on your, on your food. Yeah, and... When it comes down to it, too, just going out to eat, I mean, you know if you can afford it deep down or not. You already do. And some people might say, well, I deserve it because of blah, blah, blah. And maybe that's true. But if you're saying that multiple times a week, yeah, you probably need to yeah. kind of reflect back a little bit, right? Yeah. And just kind of look at that money, see where it's going. Because sure, yeah, that is true. Maybe you do. Maybe it was a rough week. Maybe it was a rough day. You haven't done it in a while. Let's go, Right. But if you're doing this like three, four, five times a week and you're now, this is also if you're not able to afford this. Okay. Yeah. That's what we're talking to right now. Yeah. If you're doing this three, four, five times a week and you're not able, your, your money's going here and you have bills to pay and you have all this other stuff that isn't done yet. You don't have your retirement set up, emergency fund, all that stuff, but you are spending the money here. I would l- really take a look at that and kind of take ownership of, okay, Instead of doing it three or four times, let's just back it down to two, back it down a little bit more until you're only doing it maybe once a week or once every other week and just keep going down a little bit by little bit. And another way to do that too is instead of going to like a a steakhouse, maybe back the restaurant down to that Chipotle. For sure. So you're still going out to eat, but you're not spending as much. You know, another way that my wife and I did this um, is my wife is... I'm gonna use a I'm gonna use a kind word here addicted um, to Starbucks and she loves it and that that's great I'm fine with her really liking it but I'm not fine with her going every single day, given the finances she would go every single day because she really likes it right so a way that we spent save a little bit of money is we spent a little bit more on a at home coffee maker that she can then make her own coffee mm-hmm. most of the week right and it was a little bit more upfront. But doing the math, it makes it, it saved us money significantly over time. And um, she doesn't now go out to Starbucks. And she still goes out when she wants to. But she, she knows that she can make good quality coffee at home. Yeah. So instead of spending $37 on a coffee at Starbucks or whatever they cost now, um, she, she can... It's close. She can, it, it might, <laughs> it's pretty close. Um, she can spend significantly less at home and still get a good quality cup of coffee that she really enjoys um, by just being smart and thinking through those things. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, you know what you can afford. And if you don't, you go back to that step one, the budget and yeah. start that and start there. And then you'll know what you can afford. And once again, this eating out budget is directly worked into your grocery budget. They're the yeah. same. Yeah. yeah this it's is food. We're just talking food. Here. Yeah. It's, it's, and if you're spending more on eating out than groceries, which is honestly typical because it, it does is. cost more to eat out anyway. Correct. So that percentage already, if it's hitting 12% right there combined, then you're already spending close to that 25% of your yep. take-home pay if you're making the average annual income. So you don't want to be in those positions. You yep. can save that money and make it work for you. So that brings us to our last point. Last point. And we kind of both fall under this in a little bit just because of dietary restrictions. Yep. So that's eat healthier. Uh, my wife is gluten-free. His wife is gluten-free and dairy-free. So it kind of does force you to not eat like the pastas that mm-hmm. um, have a lot of that stuff in it. Um, but it does save money. And 
saves money on healthcare. Yeah, so Something one of the think things of. that a lot of people don't think about, right, is the long-term effect of what I'm eating and how it's going to affect me down the road. Yeah. Right? So there's been tons of studies on people who are living in Japan who are eating, like, rice and sushi and, like, a lot of vegetables and, like, like high in fish with the great fats that it has. And they're living to 100 years, like, on average, it seems like, with all these different articles that you read. And then we have Americans who are you know, significantly overweight and have tons of health issues. And why is that? It's because of the food that we eat. Yeah. And our health care is directly, the cost of health care is directly related to, let's be honest, the food that you've eaten for the last 50 years of your life. So if you make healthier life decisions with the food that you're eating now, it's not only going to potentially help you live longer, but it's going to help you save more money on health care down the road. And a lot of times healthy food just costs less. Yes, it, it does. I mean, the vegetables are pretty cheap, mm-hmm. you know. And if and you're getting fresh things rather than prepackaged stuff, it could be cheaper also. Yeah, the prepackaged and processed convenient foods, those are a budget eater. Yeah. They really are. They cost more and they're also not good for you. So, mm-hmm. but it's convenience. You're paying for that convenience. And if you don't pay for the convenience, you'll save money and be healthier. So it's just the trade-offs that you have to think about, right? Yeah. Um, but just small tweaks can make your life better over years when it comes to money and even your eating habits though, that can, uh, that can really affect your life long-term. If you just do a small change, say, you know, you're only going to have so many calories or whatever the case may be, but really just buying not so much the junk food and it's more expensive anyway. So buying like the Oreos and all the other stuff, right? It can be expensive. It adds up. It's not good for you. Maybe buying more of the vegetables. And it's nothing wrong with having them every once in a while, right? Like, we're not dietitians by any means. No, I like Oreos. Yeah. I mean, I like them too. So, what it really comes down to is the money part of it of are you spending that 12 to 15% getting that junk food exactly. when you could be getting it somewhere else, like their retirement, you could be putting it to that or the emergency fund. So, we've talked about five different areas, right? Five different ways to kind of think more about how to become more financially independent with your food. So just to resummarize, right? Number one, budget. Yep. Two, plan your meals, uh, however it works for you, weekly, monthly. Three, shop on a budget. And four, going out to eat. And yeah, five, limiting, limiting going out to yes, eat. Yes, limiting going yeah. out to eat. And then five, eating healthier because eating healthier will over time save you money. Yeah. So just remember saving money on food res- does require planning and discipline and sometimes a little bit of creativity. But with these ideas, you can hopefully reduce your food expenses while still enjoying some pretty delicious meals. Yeah, yeah. We're not saying eat, you know, rice and beans for every single meal. Right. My wife and I love steak. We talk about that often on this yes. podcast, as a matter of fact. And um, we we aren't spending an exorbitant amount of food every single month because we shop smart, um, because we have a plan. And frankly, we do that. And sometimes we overspend and sometimes food goes to waste. And sometimes we impulse buy and we're not perfect. And right. That's OK, um, because we're still just making these tweaks and we're understanding these and we're trying to implement them. Um, but right now. For both Kevin and myself, right? We both love food, but for us, it really ultimately comes down to, you know what? We have other priorities. 
right? That are more important than food. Not that food's not important. Yeah. Because clearly it's important for us. We love food, but yes. we have other things that are more priorities, right? And, and, and that includes retirement, saving for retirement and having a solid emergency fund and making sure all of these different goals that we have as we pursue this financial independence in our own life, these are more important than our food. So we're, we're limiting our food purchases a little bit to benefit our other things that are more important. So at the end of the day, what's the most important thing for you? And how are you attaining that goal?